Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. Each episode will focus on some pieces of music from the video game corpus and talk about one musical concept found in those pieces. In our first season, we're diving deep into the score of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. Super Mario Odyssey is a great game. I'm not just saying that by the fact that Mario's in the title. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes we already have something in our mind made up because of the company that makes a product or the character involved in a game. But really, I think it would be hard for anyone to deny that Mario games in general are fantastic. And Odyssey is no exception. Step back in time with me for a moment as we explore the history of the mainline Super Mario Bros. games. Back in 1996, Super Mario 64 launched with the N64 as the first fully 3D Mario game. This game was hugely successful and stands the test of time even today, especially considering development of this kind was new to Nintendo staff. Nintendo would go on to release three more 3D titles for their home consoles as spiritual successors to Super Mario 64. These would be Super Mario Sunshine, Super Mario Galaxy, and Super Mario Galaxy 2 the last of which was released in 2010. Each of these games introduced new gameplay mechanics and continued Mario's strong tradition of successful games. At the same time, Nintendo began producing games that were a throwback to the original Mario Bros. trilogy on the NES, starting with New Super Mario Bros. for the DS in 2006. There would be five games in this vein over the next ten years. The idea was a great one. If the original Mario games are successful, I mean, why not continue to create games in that style? The amount of new Super Mario Bros. games that were released led Mario fans to wonder how soon a Mario 64-style 3D game was coming to Nintendo, or even whether it would come at all. The whole life cycle of the Wii U came and went without one of these titles. Sure, we had two 3D titles in that time frame, Super Mario 3D Land for the 3DS and 3D World for the Wii U. But those didn't have the story-driven campaign open sandbox style to them that Super Mario 64, Sunshine, or Galaxy had. Enter Super Mario Odyssey. Announced in 2016, the game was released for the Switch on October 27, 2017, half a year after the console's release. The reviews were overwhelmingly positive. I mean, look anywhere, this game gets 10 out of 10 stars, near-perfect reviews, and the highest of praise. It really does make you wonder, though. Is this praise artificial because of the fact that Mario basically represents video games? Or does the game score well on its merit alone? Well, obviously, I'm here to argue that it deserves this praise. One of the reasons that I think it does is the sheer number of activities the player can take part in. In this game, there are 880 moons to collect, which breaks away from the standard 120 stars or shines from the previous titles. Since the Switch was designed with the idea that players could play on the go, that meant they'd be playing in short bursts, as they commute, on their breaks at work, and so on. The fact that you can collect multiple moons in a short session like this gives the player a sense of accomplishment and progression, no matter how long their playtime is. Another big reason for Odyssey's success is how the game has been designed for casual and hardcore players alike. The core game can be completed in probably under 10 hours, but even so, to complete the game 100% would take much longer. 
and the challenges required to do so take some serious platforming skill. That said, players at any level can feel successful and challenged in this game. There's also the two-player cappy mechanic that anyone can join in regardless of their experience in platformers, and Luigi's Balloon Challenge adds endless difficulty for those who are looking for a challenge. On top of all this, the lack of tracking Mario's lives in the game makes for less frustration for inexperienced players. No matter how many times they end up failing, they never get to see that demoralizing game over screen. A big part of the game's marketing ahead of time was the hit single Jump Up Superstar, composed by Naoto Kubo and performed in English by Kate Higgins, with English lyrics written by Rob Tunstall. The game's designers wanted the lyrics to not only be catchy, but also heavily lean on an average person's prior knowledge of Mario so as to evoke the character when they thought of the song. After many iterations of these lyrics, the strategy seems to have paid off. The song was released on iTunes prior to the game's release and broke the top 25 chart. Let me be clear, this is a rare feat for any gaming music. Let's have a listen to that song. This version in particular is the one that appears when the player undertakes the mission A Traditional Festival in Super Mario Odyssey, and it's also the one that appears in Smash Ultimate. Higgins, who performed the vocals on the song, was also the voice actor for Pauline. She recorded the song even before she was given any direction as to how her character would sound or perform in the rest of the game. But this big band jazz track has a lot of personality, and I'm sure it influenced how she would act in the game. When you listen to this theme, you may notice some music in the middle of it that sounds familiar to you. That's because of this technique used by our game's composer. Quotation! 
What we mean by quotation in music is that a composer has borrowed or quoted some excerpt of an existing piece of music into a new composition. This quotation could be self-referential or from a completely different composer. Quotation is often used to help characterize the piece of music or if the music is used in the media such as film or video games to bring to mind a certain idea or character or place and so on. But it doesn't have to do that. Composers could quote for quotation's sake as a nod to the original composer. It should be noted that in pretty much all cases, musical quotations are not acknowledged as such in the score of the music or even for purposes of copyright. Do note, however, that quotations are usually short snippets and not just straight up plagiarism. Before we start to talk about this in game music, why don't we talk about how it's used in classical or jazz compositions? You're probably familiar with the classical piece 1812 Overture by Russian composer Pyotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. It was written in 1880, meant to commemorate the successful Russian defense against Napoleon's invading army in, you guessed it, 1812. There are three very prominent and intentional uses of quotation in this piece. The first is right at the start. The melody is an Eastern Orthodox hymn, known by several names, one of which is O Lord, Save Thy People. Here's a recording of that piece, sung in Russian by the Slavyanka Men's Chorus. And here's how that piece is used at the start of 1812 Overture. Starting the piece with this hymn is meant to represent the lay Russian people praying for a swift conclusion to this invasion. Later, the French national anthem, La Marseillaise, is heard, to represent the invading French army, which plays together in competition with Russian folk music. Here's just a snippet of that national anthem as sung by a choir. Now, let's listen to how that anthem is used in one of the sections of Tchaikovsky's work. This is used to represent the two armies fighting each other as Napoleon and his army close in on Moscow. After some cannon shots and some more prominent use of the French national anthem, there's a descending run of notes showing the French running and escaping from Moscow, after which we hear a return of our hymn at the start. Maybe this is to show the prayers of the Russian people being answered. Finally, the song ends with the national anthem of the Russian Empire at the time of the composition, God Save the Tsar along with 11 big old cannon shots. Classic. Classic. 
In this piece, Quotation has a major role to play in painting the story of this battle. Of course, Quotation can be used in all sorts of musical contexts, one of which is jazz. Famously, on Miles Davis's 1956 recording of The Serpent's Tooth from his album Collector's Items, a young tenor saxophonist, Sonny Rollins, quotes a snippet of the tune Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better from the musical Annie Get Your Gun. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. This is definitely seen as a playful jab at his much more experienced band leader, Miles Davis. Often in jazz solos, quotations such as the one we listen to have the purpose of a pointed or an amusing commentary. Let's turn back now to the world of video games, and a time further back in Mario's history. Super Mario RPG was released for the Super Nintendo in 1996, composed by Yoko Shimamura, whom, if you'll remember, was the composer for Street Fighter 2. Super Mario RPG was one of the few games at the time not to be composed by Koji Kondo, and so Shimamura had some big expectations to live up to. Now, keep in mind that Mario as a character only existed for 16 years at this time, and much of the plumber's musical repertoire has been composed since that time. However, Shimamura had a lot to draw from even in 1996. Here's one of the first songs that you hear in the game, Super Pipe House. See if you can identify the musical quotations taking place here. two main Koji Kondo Mario themes that we can hear. The first, which functions as a sort of foundation to the main melody, comes to us from the map theme of the first world of Super Mario Bros. 3. The second is, of course, the first ground theme from the original Super Mario Bros. In Shimamura's arrangement, both themes intertwine with ease, painting the scene for a chill time at Mario's pad. And now, finally, let's make our way back to Jump Up Superstar. There is one main obvious theme that's quoted, and it shows up after the first chorus at about a minute and 45 seconds. This is a throwback even earlier than the first Super Mario Bros, all the way back to Mario's first appearance in a video game, the Donkey Kong arcade game. The quotation that we hear is the 25 meter theme from the game, as Donkey Kong hurls barrels down at our unsuspecting hero. This game was composed in 1980 by Yokio Kaneoka. Have a listen.
Now let's think about the reasons why this quotation is significant in Jump Up Superstar. First of all, it brings to mind all of Mario's achievements and adventures all the way back to the very first appearance that he had in the game. Secondly, the lady character in this first game was not Princess Peach, but was in fact Pauline, who plays the role of New Donk City's mayor in Odyssey. And speaking of New Donk City, it is very strongly suggested, so strongly that it's basically indisputed fact, that New Donk City is the very city that Donkey Kong wreaked havoc on in that 1980 arcade game. The theme that we're listening to is definitely made for this city. Quotation is used all over gaming and other media too. So now that you've been made aware of the technique, I'm sure you'll spot all those places. Even if no one were to pick up on the subtlety of the quotation found in the song we just listened to, it's kind of nice that the composers care about the little details that tie this whole franchise together in the end. Before we go, let's talk about the other Mario Odyssey music that shows up in Smash Ultimate. There are seven pieces in total, one of which is this version of Jump Up Superstar, and there's another one that's used that contains vocals as well. Break free, lead the way. This song originally shows up in Mario Odyssey near the end, and spoiler alert for those of you who have not completed Mario Odyssey, you end up capturing Bowser himself with your hat, and escape the collapsing moon with Princess Peach. So, since you've captured Bowser, how are we going to capture the essence of him in this last song that we listen to? The 25 meter theme shows up again after the second chorus in this version of the song, but after the first chorus, we hear two different quotations instead in rapid succession. The first is the Bowser battle theme from Super Mario 64 by Koji Kondo, and the second is Nimbus Arena Showdown, where Mario fights Bowser for the first time in Odyssey, composed by Shiho Fuji. Here's the Mario 64 Bowser theme. And this is Nimbus Arena Showdown. can find those two themes after the first chorus as we listen to this last piece.
hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for a piece of music or a musical concept for us to unpack, you can contact me at overtonewarpzone at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media everywhere at OTWZ Podcast. One quick announcement about the Critical Cause stream that I announced last week. Due to circumstances beyond the control of the organizers, the stream will now take place on June 15th, not the previously mentioned May 4th, which is tomorrow. I'll be appearing on the stream at 9pm Central Daylight Time that day. Keep up to date at criticalcause.org. Until next time, keep playing. Are you still listening? Let me run this past you. Here's the theme song to Super Mario 3D World by Koji Kondo. Okay, you know that part that goes ba doo ba 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 Let me ask you, do you think this is being quoted at the beginning of Jump Up Superstar? Have a listen. I'm pretty sure it's close enough to count. This is the last 3D Mario game that happened before Mario Odyssey. Maybe they're trying to say something with that. But in any case, consider this a bonus quotation for the episode. We'll see you next time. time to raise our it's freedom like you never